Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, first up, uh, we just heard from John Hart in the news there that uh, teaching unions, the three main teaching unions, the ASTI, the INTO and the TUI, have, as expected, agreed to debate a joint motion at their annual teacher conferences, which are happening virtually from today for a number of days this week, over them being bumped, essentially, from the COVID vaccination list of priority. We were, the government were working on the basis recently of a priority group. So it would be the likes of Garthi, the likes of teachers, the likes of SNAs, etc., etc., who would be uh, next in line to receive the much-coveted COVID-19 vaccines after the likes of the uh, over-80s, the over-70s, and the medically vulnerable, so on and so forth. But then last week, kind of out of nowhere, uh, NIAC, who advise on uh, vaccines and public health, changed that. And so after what we believe was quite a fractious cabinet meeting of ministers, uh, the goalposts were changed and the decision was taken and backed by government that they would vaccinate on age cohort alone. Uh, And obviously a number of people are possibly happy about that. I mean, if you're 66 and they've nearly gone through the over 70s, you're thinking this is great. I might get my job, I might get my second job, I might even get away on holiday this year. But obviously the cohorts of uh, people that are in those um, jobs and roles that are, are, are people facing, like teachers and like guards, they've been bumped. So we want to know, as I said in the intro, I don't think there's anybody, any parent or even any grandparent or any member of society that would be in favour of not having the schools open and staying open now once they go back next Monday after the Easter break. But would you be prepared to give up your spot in the queue for teachers? People are giving out about them. There's a lot of anger today and we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment. But Are you prepared to stand aside? Are you prepared if you're a 67-year-old, a 69-year-old, a 52-year-old, whatever age group, and you're just about getting to that point in the the queue where it's going to be your turn or shortly to be your turn, are you prepared to stand aside and go back to Plan A, which was cohorts based on the professions that they did? Well, uh, as John Hart told you, and I've been telling you all morning, the teachers' conferences are getting underway albeit virtually uh, today. Uh, Minister Norma Foley is going to be addressing them. But uh, obviously what they weren't necessarily, or certainly when they went back to school uh, in February, what they weren't necessarily expecting to be talking about today was uh, where they are in terms of receiving vaccines. But it's very much top of the agenda. And I'm joined on the line now by Dermot Dupuyer, who is the Deputy General Secretary of the ASTI. Dermot, I, I mean, as recently as last week, you didn't necessarily think this is going to be a talking point at your conferences today. No, I mean, obviously, COVID and issues around it were going to be mentioned. But in fact, most of the agenda conferences are about things that are always there. They may be affected by COVID issues like overcrowded classrooms, which is a very big issue for us and I suppose have been highlighted by the pandemic. Issues like equal pay for new teachers and conditions for new teachers teachers also highlighted a lot of these issues have been brought into focus and the hugely brought in is the underinvestment in education in Ireland. 
So they will all be debated. But as you say, we were caught totally on the hop by this very hasty, and I'd say that very hasty decision by the government. Um, We're still not 100% sure exactly why. Um, And um, not only were we not consulted or even there wasn't even the courtesy of a phone call to say, oh, by the way, we're changing this. We heard it from the media. We heard it before it happened from leaks to the media, but not much before the, but but after I suppose the cabinet members had heard it, who I gather only heard it on the way into the cabinet meeting, which also begs the question, well, why did they feel they had to make the decision absolutely immediately? Because um, the rollout is happening, but no, none of these changes have come into effect yet and won't for a, a, a few weeks. So I would have thought you know, because the Taoiseach, or not the Taoiseach, the Taunish himself said he only saw the documentation less than an hour before the cabinet meeting. Why didn't somebody say, well, look, let's um, let's take a pause on this. Let's talk. Let's seek medical advice from here and elsewhere. And let's talk to the people who are going to be affected. Well, to be fair, Jim Dupuyer, the cabinet, uh, and we, we, we do believe that there was some discussion, heated possibly or leaning yeah. towards heated discussion around the cabinet table, but they're going on and can only go throughout this entire unprecedented pandemic on the latest public health advice. And NIAC very clearly said that their evidence was showing that really what was the one outstanding factor in terms of the danger uh, in the event that somebody contracts COVID-19 is their age. And they felt, and the advice from NIAC was, why should a teacher who's 34 years old, for example, get the jab possibly three months ahead of somebody who was in their 60s and therefore more at risk? You see, you, we can flip all these things. I mean, you talked about people being bumped from the queue. Would you give up your place? We were the ones who were bumped. And let's be clear about that. I don't mean when I say we, I don't mean just teachers. I mean, mm. teachers and guards, firefighters, uh, SNAs, people mm-hmm. who are who are putting themselves at risk by meeting with the public because that's the reality of it. And you can put it the other end and say, why should a 45-year-old who's sitting at home and if they're obeying the rules, as I'm sure they will be, you know, having absolute minimal contact with somebody else, be vaccinated before a 39-year-old teacher or SNA who is dealing with a a large number of people every day. Um, We're looking now, we're we're asking for at least, at the very least, a parallel process. For example, the the teachers who are dealing and and the SNAs, the people who are dealing with special needs, should probably have been higher up the list and could be done you know, in a day or two, it wouldn't take very long. And in terms of the logistics of it, because the other thing that you remember is the first lines that came out were not particularly about health. They were about the logistics and that this would be faster. I don't quite understand that because teachers and guards and SNAs are very easily identifiable and could be kind of dealt with very quickly and, and you know, on, on a very simple basis and, you know, regionally or whatever to say we're going to do all the teachers in, you know, North Dublin in the next two days or whatever. So I don't see the, the logistical reason. Or, or even it's to all... set up mobile vaccination yes. clinics, you know, in areas whereby all of the schools in Dublin 13 get done on one day exactly. and all the schools in North yes. Tip get done on another. Exactly. exactly. And, and also, um, you know, the, the health advice, the problem, of course, in all this, it's never exactly uniform. But this came three days after the United Nations had reiterated a call for the prioritisation of vaccination for teachers, which is a call initially made by the World Health Organisation. Now, I know things change. I'm not saying that, you know, everything is set in stone forever. But, uh, and, then, and then also subsequent to the decision, we've heard pandemic experts in Europe saying, well, actually, the difference is tiny uh, in terms of how more efficient and how, you know, which one is better. And given that the commitments were made, 
um, I think the government should have should have kept to them. And I think at, at this stage, at the very least, they, they need to talk to us, try and explain to us better why these decisions were made and to, uh, and to say why they will not put in a parallel system for those uh, people who are working on behalf of the public and who are meeting people. Right, um, but, but hold on now, Dermot, hold on now, Dermot, and I've given you plenty of time to make your point and you've, you've made it very well, it has to be it has to be said, but you're not the only people who are out there every day uh, in, in, in dealing with members of the public. There are people working in creches, for example, they're nowhere on the list. There are people well, working in Aldi and Woody's, there are people but driving think, buses, they're nowhere on the list. So surely, can I finish the point? Okay. Surely, Surely they are in, um, you know, they're, they're, they will be covered more swiftly if we do go along the lines of age, as NIAC has recommended and the government has adopted, than if we start cherry picking certain sectors and certain people. Well, the, the Tonish quite disingenuously said the other day, he said, well, who knows that teachers and Gardaí were on the list? Because it doesn't actually say that. It says frontline workers. Mm. Now, to my mind, frontline workers also includes... Uh, certainly includes people in crash, certainly includes people in supermarkets. And I actually genuinely believe that the people who are at risk of getting the virus are the ones who should be. <coughs> and obviously, people who are going to suffer because of it and the high risk. And if age is a factor, well, then we, we, we take that into account and we put it into the, the algorithm of how, how it's delivered. But You're talking about making an algorithm very uh, complicated then, I would say, if that's well, the case, well, because you're dealing with sectors and then ages within sectors and subsections of different people who might that, have a medical, underlying medical condition combined that, with what, age, combined no, with, you know, it, it becomes is, more no, but complicated. Doing, but that's actually what we're doing already in terms of the medi- underlying medical conditions. They're, but, but they're, once, being taken, they're being taken on an age basis. Once that uh, group is done, though, the advice now is to move through age because it will be done more swiftly. And at the end of the day, is that not what's, what is more look, important look, here? That a larger we, number of the population are covered by COVID vaccines? We want, everybody wants as many people vaccinated as swiftly as possible. I'm not convinced by the speed arguments at all. As I've said to you, I don't see how difficult it would be to, to, um, to, to as it were, find the cohort that we're talking about. If we're talking about teachers and guards, I think they are all very easy to find. And so, you, just, you just admitted that. But also, um, and, and, and uh, you know, certainly, I, and I said there was a commitment given to us that this would happen. We have had, and we have this very hasty decision without any consultation, without us being able to see or discuss the evidence. Because I say the evidence, the, the medical evidence differs and there are, there are arguments about it. If we can be utterly convinced, of course, we have, we have always said we would follow the medical advice. More often, by the way, have we followed the medical advice than the government has. The government and FS says they, they give the medical advice and government makes the decisions. They've been slow. They were very slow, for example, when Neffet was saying the schools shouldn't be opened, reopened in January. Mm. Uh, they were going to go ahead with us until we said no because mm. we followed medical advice. Is so that, is that then what's this about, Dermot Dupuyer, Deputy General Secretary of the ASTI? Is it about the lack of consultation rather than the decisions that have been made? Is that, I mean, did, they, Norma, did Norma Foley, for example, the Minister Norma Foley, uh, I heard um, one of the uh, teaching union spokespeople this morning, sorry, I've actually forgotten who it was, but but say that um, that that they were promised the teachers were promised 
given a promise about about the vaccine rollout when the big debate was happening about when you would return to schools in February. Is that what is that what this is about? A broken promise and a lack of consultation rather well, than actually where you are in terms of receiving it's a, vaccines. It's a broken promise that, that doesn't help your confidence that you know, the teachers and Gardaí and whatever, we, we've been told again and again while how, how schools opening is a priority and the welfare of the teachers and the students is a priority. Absolutely. When something like this happens, that does not help confidence. Mm-hmm. You imagine you're a teacher who's going to school, who knows you're taking a particular risk, but you're doing it for the sake of your children you teach because that's what the priority for the vast majority of teachers. And you're told, well, you'll be, because of this and for because you're, you're putting yourself at more risk, you will be prioritised. And then that's suddenly just swept away with absolutely no notice, with very and, and very unclear reasons at the start. They seem to become unclear, which is also worrying, by the way, that the medical reasons were not what was given out immediately. The, the immediate reasons seemed to be more logistical. And then they, they, it was almost like they went looking for the medical cover. I'm not saying that that's the case, but it is worrying. Okay. And the, the confidence of teachers in the system and in how they how their welfare is looked after has been severely damaged by this. No. And I would hope the government addresses it in a way that improves that. Dermot, your colleague, your uh, ASTI colleague Seamus Keane, we had a clip of him there on the news at midday uh, and he was saying that teachers essentially have been vilified and treated very unfairly in this. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, I think there's some happening at the moment. I think, I have to say, I think, I think the importance of teachers has been, uh, I think, realised by a lot of people who may not have realised, as it has, by the way, by supermarket workers. But I mean, I yes. think frontline workers, I think people have realised the value and the importance of them. But I think there are signs that people turn very quickly. And maybe and maybe it's part of what you said. If I'm somebody who's 40 and wants to go on a holiday and thinking, oh, now I can go on my holiday, I'm not going to let the teacher bump me back down, you know? Mm. And I think, so, so there is a worry that that will happen and but, there's a worry that if, you know, but but on the other hand, our members and teachers and as I say, and SNEs, A's and guards, and I've talked to, I, you know, have, I've have had to come into the office once or twice, you've stopped by guards. They feel very, um, very put out by this as well. I mean, one of them said to me, I'm sure we don't deal with the public at all in that, you know, because... Uh, okay, so and on, on that very point then, I mean, if you... If you, your teachers are in, and I appreciate for the ASTI, your secondary teachers, so you're having, yeah. you're, you're, you're actually exposed to more children. And in, in fact, young adults. I mean, my own, adults, my own yeah. son is, yeah. is in fifth year, but he's 18 years old. Yeah, no, long, young uh, adults and adolescents. And they, fair. they, to be fair to secondary teachers, they are, um, you know, it's really hard to keep them in, to keep them away from their friends. Yeah. It's really, really challenging as a parent. More so probably than homeschooling even was. But take, into uh, into account, say, a, pro- a national school teacher mm-hmm. who has the same group of 25, 30, 32 kids every day. They're sitting in their, their bubbles in, in the classroom. Uh, the teachers are protected in terms of visors and masks. The children are hand sanitizing and wiping down their desks. They're trying to do, I know certainly in, in my own child's school, as soon as the weather is good, you're outdoors. You know what I mean? You're, do- you're actually doing lessons outdoors. So, Take into account then somebody who is working in a supermarket. They're actually being exposed to maybe two, three times more people and mostly adults 
than a, a national school teacher is? Well, uh, first of all, obviously, as you said, I, I don't represent national school teachers. And I, so I'm not as familiar with exactly what but, goes I mean, on. I'm no, asking a no, question no, no, in no, principle. No, I know you are. I know you are. So, but it'd be easier for me if you're talking about. And look, I'm I'm not in a, here arguing that people like supermarket workers, as I said before, should not be prioritised in some way. I will say the one difference, and certainly with the secondary teacher, is that that and, and my own son worked in a supermarket for for most of the pandemic. Um, and yes, we were concerned, but the difference between being in a classroom is that you have you are in with the same group of people for a long length of time. So if one of them has the virus, the length of time exposed is much, much longer than it's going to be in a supermarket. Okay. And and also, uh, in second level, it's not just the 30 or whatever in your, whatever class it is, because the classes move, or, mm. or you move to the class, you move mm. to the different classes. Uh, in primary, and I'm not saying that primary don't have risks, but in secondary, you, you are exposed not just to one group of so many children, there are no pods, and as you say, there's no, um, you know, there, and I don't have teenagers, I have young uh, people in their early 20s. Uh, you know, it's not easy to keep them apart, and certainly 14, 15, 16-year-olds, you go for your, I go for my, you know, three-kilometre walk down to the seafront in Bray where I live, and you see you see gangs of teenagers. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've all we've all had a hit. We've all we've yeah. all uh, you know we've all suffered because of this. Um, some far more than others. Some people have yeah. lost people, but it's yeah. been very, very hard on kids. It really has. One yeah, final question absolutely. for you, Dermot Dupuyer. And again, it comes back to this issue of of prioritisation. If there's going to be some form of prioritisation. Yeah. Teachers uh, and certainly the ASTI members, they're going to be finishing up now in six weeks' time for a, 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 a three-month summer holiday. Now, I appreciate some people are going to be supervising exams and some yeah. people are going to be... But largely speaking, ASTI well, members people... are going on holiday. Sorry if I can finish my point. Yeah. So if we are at the point in six weeks' time, for example, when... If the government reversed its decision and said, right, let's take different, um, let's take different professions... If in six weeks' time, as you're heading off, where you're not going to be in that classroom environment and you're not going to have, uh, you know, young adults and, and, and younger teenagers in and out of your classroom, would the ASTI members step aside so the TUI members or INTO members or Gardaí or supermarket workers or people who are in Woody's to let them go first and then delay theirs to, end, to the end of the summer? I, I think it would be safe to say if, if this is addressed properly and fairly, we will listen to anything, you know proposals in terms of if there was to be a prioritising within those groups. For example, as you said, there will be teachers doing exams, there will be teachers doing their summer schemes and whatever. And if if they were taken care of, that certainly would help. We're not in the business of, you know, causing trouble just for the sake of causing trouble. This is a very serious blow to our members, to their morale, uh, to, to, uh, and, and a lot of them are very fearful. Um, and we want to we want it fixed. Uh, the three teacher unions will be putting motions. I would be very surprised if they're not all passed fairly overwhelmingly. Uh, and then we will sit down and look for solutions. Now I'm not going to second guess or answer what solution will solve it or won't solve it. But I will say that we will be reasonable uh, as we have been. We we put our foot down at times, and I've been proven right. Like. We, we were the ones who insisted, the STR were the ones who insisted that there had to be masks in second level schools. We're the ones who insisted that there had to be masks for the oral examinations mm-hmm. with the support of parents 
and a lot of other people. And we will insist on where we feel we're right. But on the other hand, we have also worked, we have always said we want to keep schools open. And if we believe our teachers and their the students in their care and their colleagues, the SNAs and the other staff in school are safe, then we will continue to keep schools open. All right, Dermot Dupuyer, Deputy General Secretary of the ASCI, thank you for your time today. What do you think about this? I mean, you've heard Dermot Dupuyer, he's uh, very well, I think, put across the frustrations of teachers and whereby they do feel that they, along with other people who are working away and have to work away for the greater good of society and to all of our benefits, should be vaccinated ahead of just the average Joe Soap, who should be, don't let's not forget, staying at home, irrespective of what their age is. Where are you on this? Do get in touch with the programme, 87 8 or... And you're very welcome back to the Nile Boiling Show. Tara Duggan in for Nile today on Classic Hits. Well, we have really stirred up a hornet's nest here, uh, talking about teachers and our interview with Dermot Dupuyer. Uh, just a flavour of some of the texts that are coming in. Self-righteous bunch, queue jumpers, selfish whingers, disgraceful... Graham, welcome to the Nile Boylan Show. Uh, where do you lie on this one? I think it's pretty clear. We've spoken a number of times before, Graham. Uh, Are you I, sure that's not just Nile texting in all of this? No, it's definitely not Nile texting them in. Um, Graham, you're a teacher, and I, I presume you have a you you would be more in line with Dermot Dupuyer on this than than that selection of our uh, of the audience that I've I've given you a flavour of there. I absolutely would be in line with Dermot. Uh, I agree with him completely. Um, Look, the, the government are the one who came up with this plan of prioritisation, not teachers, not right. guards, right. not retail workers. But, but it, it changed, and it changed on the latest medical advice, Graham. Well, if that's really what they're sticking to, it's, now look, being honest, we've been lied to, and I can go through the, a list of stuff if you want to, but I don't think there's any, by the government over and over and over again. So to be perfectly honest, um, I am sceptical. Uh, beyond that... Sceptical of what? Sceptical of, of Nyack's advice to the government? Sceptical of the government's selective choosing of whether they're going to follow medical um, and public health advice or not. Because they, they pick and choose when they, when they want to and when they don't want to. If we're following public health advice, why isn't the ECDC, EDC, ECDC definition of a close contact used in schools? Why do they say everything is, oh, it's community transmission, it's community con- transmission, it's never school transmission. I'm not saying it's the primary driver of cases or anything like that. It's not. But is it significantly more than the government are saying? It is. Because compared with any other nation, it's never the leading driver. But it is a far more significant driver in plenty of other countries. But oddly enough, COVID is afraid of schools in in an Irish context. And you'd say something if this was like the first instance of the government, okay, no, we we need to change the plan. Here's the reason why. It's like, okay. Um, But you lie to us about saying, oh, they're sub-SNAs. They're unicorns. They don't exist. There's sub We're not going to repurpose special education teachers to cover classes. Their plan says literally do that. Um, schools are safe. Schools are safe until January. Until unions turn around them, no, they're not. If it was up to the government, we would have been back in on the 6th of January. They've screwed up and proved themselves incompetent in so many, on so many instances throughout this. Do you, do, you ex- do, you ex- do you accept, though, Graham, that this is obviously a very fast-moving, ever-changing situation where we sat last August, for example, was very far removed from where we sat in September and then again in December and then we had new variants and we're still dealing with those. So do you accept that sometimes the government can't be expected to get it right 
all of the time, every single time, when well, there's so any, much a, coming at them. I'm a them. teacher. No one gets it right all the time, every time in relation to anything. No one's asking that. But when they're... Two weeks ago, the pre- previous plan, that was the science-based. And over Easter holidays, when we all happen to be... Uh, teachers happen to not be in school, is when they decide to change it. Do I believe them? I don't believe them. I don't trust them. I don't think they've given us any reason to. It's not about they have to get every step right. Even the simple planning for the idea that there was going to be another wave and schools would have to close. Hopefully it wouldn't happen, all that kind of business, obviously. Mm. Hopefully it won't happen again. But the idea that it was a possibility was known from the start. And they did absolutely sweet FA planning for it. None whatsoever. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's lied, the, and, 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 and Graham, there's the argument all along. And when I referenced back to last summer, you know, the, the the lockdown, the initial lockdown, that was supposed to give space to the authorities to bolster the health system and to ensure that there was capacity in the in the event in the event I mean, of like, more waves of the virus. And we saw how very touch and go things became here again in uh, in January. But Graham, okay, what but about sure. sorry, Graham? I want but to I, ask you. Specifically, as a teacher, uh, the question that I asked Dermot Dupuyer, which is that you're all, you're heading off on your holidays in a couple of weeks, and then you'll be able to stay at home. And well, if it's it, if it's going to take it's six it's six, six it's between six and ten weeks time, depending on, on, on between six and ten weeks time, depending on, <laughs> on on where they are. I mean, I know this because I have teenagers, and the last thing I want is them at home hanging around me again. I'm sick at the sight of them, and I'm sure they are of me. So let's not split hairs on the time. But in a matter of weeks, the teachers are going to be on holidays and they're going to be the ones then who will be able to stay at home. Whereas, you know, the Gardaí, again, the people who work in Woody's or the spa shop, journalists, you know, we, 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 we're, we've been working throughout, thank God, most of us. But, but again, we're, we know we're considered essential workers because obviously we, we, we're needed to pass on the information and to, to report on, on developments. So why then should it be teachers now clamouring to get it before the summer, um, as opposed to maybe other people who are also front-facing, crash staff, for example, they're not going to be closing over the summer. In in many it's cases, they're in, well. It it kind of is no, because the, there's, it, o- there's it, only it's so the many vaccines. Job to advocate for, for their members, it is not the union job to advocate for guardy retail workers, crash workers, all of whom absolutely. I'm not, this isn't the thing. Teachers are more important than all those people. They're not. Even the, the messages you get in, teachers trying to queue jump. We're not trying to queue jump. We're in the queue. We just don't want to everyone say, right, so forget all about the queue that you've been standing in for however many months. It's not trying to get ahead of anyone. And would there be accepted? And again, I don't speak. Can you, can you understand why would maybe... You nuance in it? Well, can you, want, well, can you understand why maybe the, the public aren't seeing that nuance? They're just seeing people feel entitled or, you know, self-righteous or, or all of the other words that, can, I, that I've used from, from those, listeners. They can feel all those things. And usually the way I speak would probably only encourage more of that. Mm. It's just not factually accurate. I want to bring... Feel, st- st- are relevant st- to stay with me, Graham. I want to bring in sure. Joe. Uh, Joe, welcome to the Nile Boyle. Show. So, where are you on this, Joe? Uh, You know, do you think the teachers should be put back on that list and that Garthy and the likes of other essential workers should be vaccinated rather than in age cohort, which the medics tell us is the fastest way and the most effective way uh, to save people's lives ultimately because older people are more likely to become very gravely ill from COVID or die? Um, 
As a carer, I have a kid with autism. I, first of all, don't understand why uh, family carers aren't a priority in those lists, just for the simple fact that we as carers take care of some of the most vulnerable human beings um, in this country. So for me, let's start with that doesn't make any sense at all because if I get sick, and this is the case for many others, who's going to take care of our children? So Let's you think there. it should be based on medical need uh, I, I in, in the first so. instance and then in terms of other people who are... Well, I mean, in, in, if that's the case then, Joe, that stacks up the argument for teachers because at the end of the day, but, but they're teachers, caring and educating for our children. Are, but teachers, for the most of this, have been home. And if some worked very hard, some didn't. And let's be honest, what about the frontline workers, the retail people, the people that have to deal with people constantly? In a few weeks, teachers are going to be home and they can go on holidays. It seems like to me they want to go on holidays. Graham, and- can I, Gra- let, me, let me get Graham to answer that. Graham, this is about you lot all wanting to head off on your holidays and to be able to potentially go away. If, if I'm not going on a on staycation or, or overseas. I, and I think it's irresponsible of anybody going on them now at the moment anyway. So I'm going on no holidays. There's nothing to do with it. As it so happens, uh, I'm actually a special class teacher, so I teach autistic students. And during the summer, I run summer programs with autistic students. If I'm not vaccinated, I'm not doing that. And that's not for me because it'll be out of my pocket. And I'm given my age, and so I'm unlikely to actually be, or my own health, I'm unlike, unlikely, not possible, but unlikely to be seriously affected by COVID, but it, the chances of my students being significantly more than that, the minor. And the same goes for the SNAs that I, that I work with. It's not about our health. So, Joe, this in, is in, actually in Gra- Graham, Graham and the ASTI and INTO and TUI's appeal to be vaccinated uh, first with priority in the priority groups but is actually more about protecting you ultimately. And, and considering that they are going open. to be on holidays in a few weeks, wouldn't be more, uh, you know, better if we vaccinated people that deal with people all day every day since the start of this pandemic. Supermarket workers, people that work in garden centers, people that deal with people every single day without stop. They are the those ones jobs aren't that hold, conditions. They hold, they held this economy and this society together. Without them, we wouldn't have food, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do anything. They, no hold, they held this together. They need to get vaccinated, I think, before. Apart from medical conditions, I think they need to be vaccinated first. It's only fair. They hold this uh, country together this past year and a few months, almost two years. So you're making the same argument against have, uh, using age as a t- determiner. And to compare um, retail staff, and again, to be very clear, I spent years as retail staff. This is not an anti-retail staff thing, and they should absolutely be vaccinated. But to compare working um, conditions, they're not the same thing. They're not and the same work- thing. Of course, they're not yes. the same thing. We have but the smallest teachers, classrooms in. We have the teachers, smallest physical classrooms in the EU. With the largest numbers. Years, largest number the of only students thing in the EU in them for five to seven hours a day. Sometimes masks, sometimes not. Sometimes with students who can respect on. social distance. Sometimes you, not. And teachers, pods with bubbles are make believe. A lot of teachers did work online. Some better than others. Let's be honest. 
But teachers, well, of course, everyone. Yeah, seem, it's not like everyone can work the exact same on everything. Teachers that, that can be just seem to just whine about things all the time, all the time. They whine because they don't want to go back to work because they don't want schools open. They whine about pay. They whine about every little detail. Just but. Joe, Joe, at the end of the day, you know, Graham's got a point and we don't want our children to either have to go through more homeschooling online via Zoom. That works for some kids. It really does not work for others. And at the end of the day, what's really important here is that we do, insofar as best we can, keep the the schools open. Rita joins us now as well on the Nile Boylan Show. Rita, you, you're working in retail. I, I put it to the ASTI. Why should you working in retail be less important than teachers? Don't consider us less important. Uh, sorry, I'm not saying you're less important. No, I asked like him why why the ASTI and the unions felt. Okay. Uh, now, they, they, to be fair to Dermot Dupuyer uh, and also to Graham, they are not making or they're, they're not making any distinction between retail workers and no, teachers. I actually agree with Graham on this. I'm saying that teachers and retail staff should be vaccinated the same. We want to keep the schools open. We want to keep the shops open. Mm. But we're being pushed down the list because of age now. And the priority was, oh, the retail workers are great. The retail workers are that. But now it's forgotten. Do you think you're forgotten in this? Do you think that you are forgotten as a group? Do you think you're forgotten? And do you think that that has something to do with the fact that maybe you don't have union representation? We don't have unions that roar for us. So is this a case then, Rita, of the squeakiest wheel is first mended? Oh, 100%. But I agree with Graham. I do agree with the teachers getting vaccinated. They are exposed. I have a son in school myself. We, I want the teachers vaccinated, but I want the government to take back the fact that it's now going to be done by eight and go back to priority. I, what I disagree with is someone sitting working from home who can limit their exposure getting vaccinated before me who's out with the public every day. So if you had the magic wand then, Rita, if you were the person in charge here, if you were the Minister for Health or if you were sitting at the Cabinet table, what did, what, where would you go? Where would your allegiances go well, here? Would it go to teachers and frontline workers? Would it go to people who are older and actually at far more threat of suffering severe damage if they did contract this bloody yeah, virus? 100% the older people should have been done first. I 100% agree with that. But the government also have the knowledge of who has been working the whole way through this because we're paying our taxes. So anyone that has been working the whole way through this should take a priority because we're frontline. Whether you are working in a hospital or not, they should be vaccinated first. They have the highest exposure. The elderly who are going to get sicker and potentially die from it should get vaccinated So that contradicts your argument then, does it not? What I'm saying is the people who, the 30, 40 and 50 year olds who are working from home, who potentially will not die from it, who don't have the highest exposure risk should not be vaccinated before those out working with the public every day who could then bring it home to their families. All right, where are you on this? Are you with Graham? Are you with Joe? Are you with Rita? Who should be vaccinated first? Or should we just go with the latest advice from NIAC and go by age? Try to target those who are potentially more vulnerable. So much about us all being in this together. If there was ever anything that exploded that one out of the water, it's how you feel about uh, who gets vaccinated when and who should be prioritised or not. Just a flavour of some of the messages coming in. I'm a frontline worker. We understand this is for the greater good. Healthcare and retail workers 
workers are frontline too. Both of these worked all through the pandemic, putting their own health at risk. One group over another will always feel that they are left out. Retail and healthcare are always forgotten, even before the pandemic. Just be respectful, protect the elderly and work down by age. And Mary Galway says she's bipolar. She was contacted by mental health services that she uh, deals with to put her on the list for the vaccine. She said so many others, including her own 70-year-old mother, uh, are far more deserving at this point in time. And she labels it daft. Uh, Dennis is on line one. Dennis, where are you on this? Do you think the teachers have? Uh, do you think that it's, it's for the greater good of society? Surely the teachers are vaccinated first, the schools stay open. It's that simple. I, I, to be quite honest with you, um, my take on it is that the teachers' unions really are after what? They're only creating a problem for the government. You have a majority of teachers at this stage who wish to, to go back to work. They'd have gone back to work long ago only for the fact that the unions were preventing them from doing it. I know what, if you look at it, before the vaccination came in, we had a lockdown. We spent millions of pounds on schools and everything else to try and make them safe no. for teachers to work in. All the kids went back to school. We have an exam coming up now for the Leaving Cert for the young, young kids. Do they have any consideration for these people? That, you know what I mean? Like, we have the, the next thing, the GL be turning around and saying, look, all our managers need to be vaccinated because we're taking groups of kids out to play a thing. Mental health. When they talk about mental health, what are they talking about? Four yeah. weeks, I've, I've been back home for the last four weeks occasionally and there's five young fellas after committing suicide when well, they hung themselves right and you like, think that that is you, you, you think that that is one of the one of the uh, enduring and horrendous legacies that we're going to have from this but I mean at the end of the day young people's mental health has to be taken into consideration here I'm a mother I've had three children who've all of different age groups and have all reacted very differently to this but they really miss their friends they miss I mean God one of my young fellas hates school but he, he just is just wants to be in school now all the time because he's got nothing else and you know it's such a, a, a tilt in, in their lives unfair as it is on all of us I suppose but particularly unfair on younger people so surely de facto then at least if the schools are open and we know that they're going to remain open because the teachers are vaccinated then that is a good thing to do Well why do they need to be vaccinated? There's loads of people out there going back to work doing important work the building line is shut down their, their job is just as important as the teacher's job. It's providing homes for the people. Why should the teachers be making such a big issue about it when they already went back to school in the lockdown? There was thousands of pounds spent on the schools to, to make them safe. The kids are going into school knowing that they haven't got the, the virus. I presume it can be. It can be. But well, like, I mean, Eric, there's start, a lot. You there's, have to have a start I, I, somewhere. I, yeah, you do have to have a start somewhere. And the government and NIAC seem to be saying that it should be based on age. Uh, Eric, I want to bring you in here as well. You know, Dennis making the point there that a lot of uh, money's been pumped into the schools to keep them open. So that's what we should do, surely. Continue that, vaccinate the teachers, keep the schools open, and we're all the better for it. Uh, yes. Look, originally the government has set out a 1 to 15 point plan and teachers were, and because we're talking about teachers now, teachers were point number 11 and teachers accepted that. That would have meant teachers would only have been vaccinated during the summer holidays. Okay? So to be fair to the teachers, they're not asking to jump the queue. They're not asking to be vaccinated right now or this week or they're not asking to be vaccinated ahead of 70 year olds. They're asking to go back into the queue where it was agreed 
Uh, they should be. So that I think this is where it's come from, and there's been a small bit of um, maybe the misrepresentation of their stance. And I believe that all frontline workers and all essential workers who are who, who are higher in the list, they should all go back to the. They should all go back so to the original. So where do you start statement. with that? Though? But where do you start with that, Eric? Who's more important than someone else? Where do you prioritize the people who you know transport your groceries, or you know, or, or break up a house party, or or educate your children, or aren't teachers with a strong armed union behind them, but are minding children in crash and play school uh, situations every day? Who's more important? How do you pick? That list was done. The list you've just talked about was done, and no one complained. That list was 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 written up in the middle of in the middle of January when cases were at eight thousand a day, and that list was done, and nobody complained because that was a fair, balanced, proportionate list where priority was given to elderly people and hospital workers, and then it worked its way down through the. To whatever to a different category. But that's, isn't, so that, 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 isn't that not exactly where NIAC is with this? That it is talking about older people. Okay, so the, the over 80s are done, the over 70s, there's a good headway being made or so we're told with those people with underlying medical conditions. And, and now all that they are suggesting, all that NIAC wants and all that the Cabinet has agreed to do is to go back again to pick up the next level of older people and work backwards because they're the ones who are potentially facing the most damaging consequences if they contract COVID. But the older people are being done at the moment and no one's looking to jump those. If you ask me, and I think this whole thing, that this change was made not because of best practice. Let's be clear, we should be aiming for best practice. This change was not made because of that. This change was made, made because you had reports last week of tens of thousands of people queue jumping through the through the uh, insecure vaccination system for the HSD. I think this, I think it said 240,000 people were vaccinated through the health system, but there's only 80,000 people working in it uh, in the public sector and another 70 or 80,000 people working in the private sector. So the whole vaccination system went wrong. There was, people t- there, was, there was lots of reports of people getting multiple texts to turn up to vaccinations on different days mm-hmm. because, because people... So the problem is that... The government database, which like, I, I don't for like me understand, how did the government not plan for this? There was no database. For instance, we're talking about teachers here. There's about 60,000 teachers in the country. On the current projections, I think you get 60,000 teachers under first vaccination. Well, we're, on, we're on half a million and it started just after Christmas. It started last year, so I don't know uh, what rate we can get through them and teachers. Look, a very interesting debate. It's not the last we've heard of it. We still have to hear uh, from the vote uh, of teachers. And then I suppose uh, the row starts once again with the Education Minister Norma Foley and her Cabinet colleagues. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.